Hello, and welcome to the Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James, and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where he is furiously recalculating his budget for this October Disney World trip, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Hey, everybody. Every other week, we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news happenings and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. But before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. So, Henry, do, do you hear Do you hear that? It, it kind of sounds like Bob Chapek, CEO of Walt Disney Company, running a vacuum cleaner with a money sign on the side of it, and he's running it on extra high mode, man. He is <laughs> sucking up that money right now. Yeah. He's looking for it. He's make he's he's sucking up some cash. <laughs> he he is uh certainly not wasting any time recouping some of those uh some of that lost revenue from from uh, last year. For sure. <laughs> well, there is just so much pricing insanity going on, specifically at the US Disney Parks. We're going to talk about everything with that because there's a lot. Uh, but we are going to start over at Universal. I know that makes a lot of sense, but we have to just at least touch on the fact that, uh, you know, Halloween Horror Nights now has their full slate of entertainment announced. This is a big deal. I mean, Halloween Horror Nights is always a big deal, but specifically bigger deal this year. At, U at Orlando, it's the 30th anniversary. Uh, Hollywood. It's just always good times there as well. But, I mean, we didn't have Halloween Horror Nights last year at all. So it feels like they have to go a little extra harder this year to uh, to make up for things. But, but yes, now we know everything that there is to know, at least about the overall kind of uh, uh, entertainment throughout the night. Uh, for Orlando, really, the latest highlight, and I'm just going to touch on the highlights here because there is a ton of detail, obviously, Check out HalloweenHorrorNights.com if you want to see every single little announcement. We've talked a lot about it already. But the uh, but the latest and greatest highlight is that it is including House and Scare Zone, both featuring uh, kind of like a best of slate of classic horror night icons from uh, from the past and monsters as well. And, and we've kind of talked about this since, again, this is like the 30th anniversary so they're they're bringing back a lot of these kind of past characters but specifically one of the uh, one of the most interesting things is like yeah they are bringing back some of these these moments that have been so cool in the past and i saw an image that i thought was was, <laughs> was super fun that they're bringing this back but they had i want to say this was like a year or two ago they had uh, Chucky, or this may have even been longer ago right now. Time has no meaning for me anymore. <laughs> I don't know if you feel this way too. But uh, but uh, but yeah, Chucky from the Child's Play movies was like, I don't know if he was the icon or just one of the main themes of, of that year. But uh, but so he has his own little section that they've set up, set up his own little scare zone that, they, uh, that they've set up to call back. So that, that, uh, it's crazy to think that's still a franchise that even exists anymore. I guess they have a TV show that they're advertising now too. Well, who would have well, thought? Well, they had that uh, new movie come out where, uh, with the uh, with Mark Hamill doing the Chucky voice instead. Oh, that's right. He was like some weird AI. Yeah, right? and and uh, so it's he 
Chucky's definitely got had a, a bit of a resurgence lately, so it kind of makes sense. Uh, but that being said, Chucky's never been one of those those uh, horror movies or uh, horror icons that ever scared me. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely Chucky got a lot of play uh, for me when I was maybe like. I was a little kid. <laughs> I definitely, when uh, when that advertisement for that first Child's Play movie came on, yeah, it definitely, it definitely freaked me out. But it was like, certainly, yeah, it's what once you're old enough to like, well, why don't you just why don't you just kick him out of the way? It, it, uh, <laughs> it's not as not as frightening anymore. But uh, but still, kind of always fun when they've definitely been um, at at least at the Orlando location, a little bit at uh, Hollywood as well there's been a lot of those kind of eighties callbacks, right? Yeah. So it's nice to see that they're still doing a little bit of that. Obviously Beetlejuice is its own, uh, uh, haunted house this year as well. So that should be really good times. But anyway, so yeah, Orlando is locked and loaded Hollywood locked and loaded as well. The big announcement coming out of that terror tram. It's back. Mm. This time they're going for like a purge theme, but this is always, good times like i know that you're such a huge fan of <laughs> just the tram ride henry so it's like two of your two of two of your uh your big loves right here being scared by people and the uh the hollywood tram ride well i mean let's just be honest i do enjoy the tram ride am i scared by people not really i mean <laughs> normal people like you know the purge idea I don't know, man. It's one of those things where it's like Purge has never really like been one of those movies that have really stood out for me. Just like I always felt like, hey, we're here to purge you. And then you came to get purged, right? So, I mean, break into my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Henry's waiting for you, man. He's hoping you break oh, in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, well, and I think the purge was, I think that was a major theme for Halloween Horror Nights in Hollywood in 2019. So, uh, so definitely, I mean, it's just awesome that it's back because the idea of, you know, bringing those kinds of elements into the tram tour is always kind of good times and always fun. And, and it's a fun extension that is kind of only done at Hollywood, but, uh, but yeah, it does feel like maybe a little bit of a rehash from previous years, but, uh, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I could definitely think of some interesting kind of ways that maybe it could be incorporated, but I don't know, man, we'll have to well, see. Well, it kind of also makes sense because it was a recent, they did it recently, not too long ago, did a new purge. So, um, uh, yes, so, that's it. You know, you nailed it. It's, it's one of those things, you know, it's easier to get like, you know, you're getting a tie in. So it feels kind of relevant at that time so you know it, it makes sense it makes sense corporate synergy baby <laughs> and then yeah and then we also have universal japan getting in on the action they're uh they obviously much smaller event it's a much smaller park but uh but they have like they announced a couple of interesting things that i thought was worth calling out so they have like a sherlock holmes kind of horror theater show. I don't, it was like, it's hard to exactly figure out if it was like how much of it was show versus how much of it was like, you know, like uh maze or 
haunted house or whatever, but it's, it, 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 it's Sherlock Holmes, a very interesting kind of uh, uh, franchise to pull from for Halloween Horror Nights, <laughs> I thought. Uh, but yes, then they've got a, they've, they, they, they are referring to it as a horror maze, but it's themed around some manga, uh, by the name of, and I'm going to completely mispronounce this, Yuji. but it's Gigage no Kitaro. Oh. Do you know this one? Andy? Uh, no, I'm not familiar with it. I, I mean, it, it depends on like, I, I'm not as up on manga as of late as, especially with their, you know, Japanese names. If it released here in the U.S., it may go by another name. Um, but I have I haven't been that heavy into to manga for a while. Uh, but I do know if if, if it's something done by Junji Ito, it's probably at least scary or creepy as All Out. Uh, I've seen some of his stuff, and he is a master when it comes to horror. <laughs> but I don't know if this manga is done by him because he does do manga and he then they've started to do like some of his stuff into animation as well for a while. And everything I've seen of his, if if it doesn't scare you, at least it creeps you out enough to be like, oh, no. <laughs> so uh, so um, I don't know. That might be over the top, though, for me to dealing with the public. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have no idea who's involved with this uh, this manga, but uh, but yeah, if nothing else, interesting to see and, and great to see actually that they're kind of keeping things uh, they're really adopting these kind of local pieces of art and and culture into into all of their Halloween Horror Nights mazes. Uh, Makes total sense, obviously. I'm sure it's something that they've been doing before. I don't know why it caught me by surprise. It kind of did. I maybe my assumption would just be like, yeah, you know, they're they're just kind of uh, they're they're sticking with kind of like Americanized stuff. But so it's super awesome to see that they are, uh, yeah, they're they're mixing in local cultural art there too. Uh, something I'm I know that you're into, Henry. They also called out that they are going to have dancing zombies roaming around the street <laughs> that are going to invite the guests to come and dance with them. Oh, I mean, it might be cool. I mean, especially right? cool if they do if they do thriller. <sighs> yeah, that's true. And and you know what? I think uh, it's probably not as big of a deal. Like, I don't I don't know this for sure. I could be completely wrong, but I wonder if. Uh, I wonder if Michael Jackson's been tarnished in the way over there that he has been over here. Like, I feel like Thriller wouldn't work here because you know, yeah, you know, the image of Michael Jackson is uh, it's a little is a little not so not so great these days. But uh, but maybe they don't have an issue as as much in Japan. I'm pretty sure they don't. I think he's probably still probably fairly big over there. And yeah, you know, mm. I mean, because you got to remember, like, like what we consider like really bad. I wouldn't say they don't consider it bad over there, but a lot of stuff they don't, you know, they don't hear about as much, or you know, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's different. It's it's a different culture. So you know, sure, uh, uh, dude. I just remember, and certainly. Not uh, not on the same level uh, as much as Michael Jackson here, but uh, I just remember visiting Tokyo Disneyland, and you know a, f- a few years ago at this point, and uh, 
and just still being surprised that like, oh yeah, they've got the wench auction still rolling here on Pirates of the Caribbean. Like that has not been replaced. They're just like, they're just rolling forward with it, which, uh, it's kind of nice to see. It was a nice throwback to an old scene, but it was like, oh, it hasn't this, the, the kind of, uh, cultural, you know, uh, whatever it is, cultural changes hasn't, uh, hasn't reached all the way over to Japan yet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also like something that, you know, in different countries, they teach different things. So it's like, well, this is what they did in these times. So this is unusual. And that's why that's in this instead of like trying to pretend that it didn't exist (laughs) to begin with. Woke Disney does not extend overseas. This, (laughs) this, this we've learned. Um, so that's what's going on with Halloween Horror Nights. Still a lot to look forward to. Do they get rolling in like a few weeks here, which is uh, just pretty wild. It'll be exciting to see. I, I always like seeing and you know, again, like still tentatively, we're planning on uh, checking out Halloween Horror Nights. We'll see how things end up in Florida. Hopefully things improve and we get to see it in person. But it's always fun to see when all of those kinds of news stories and and reviews of all the houses start coming out. It's just like, it's such a fun tradition. So hopefully we'll get to see that in person. But uh, but that's Halloween Horror Nights. Moving on to uh, to just the 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 pocketbook pain of, of Disney announcements <laughs> these days. Uh, but there is a lot to get excited about. You know, uh, I thought it was um, Carly Wiesel, who's a fantastic journalist covering all things theme parks. She had a great take, though, on just specifically the uh, the Star Wars Hotel. We're, we're going to talk about and break down all these details in a second here. But obviously, like, so much of the commentary around Star Wars Hotel, when it was, when these details came out, was just around that, that, that sticker shock of the cost. And her take was like, let's just before, like, yes, the, the price is insane, insane. But before getting like too turned up about that, let's just for a second, like appreciate how amazing this experience sounds. Uh, and it does like, you know, and that applies to a lot of this. Like there is a lot of fun things to look forward to. I just wish like I in my lifetime could afford to see all of them. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see. Like that's, uh, that so certainly that applies to, the Star Wars Hotel, which is really called Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, and again, like there was a huge content drop around this. And I think this was actually like three weeks ago. We didn't cover it last episode because we were so focused on the big magic key, uh, you know, data drop around the new annual Baz program at Disneyland. Another uh, another sticker shock kind of money sucker right there, but uh, but we didn't get too much into this. I still don't want to get too much into this because we've got so much to talk about, but it is worth mentioning just a few details. And, and like I said, worth also going to Disney Parks blog, checking out the details. Dude, they're serving blue shrimp on the dining menu, like legitimate blue shrimp. So, you know, you got to see the picture of that because it looks just as insane as it sounds, but, uh, but yes, tons of information available right now, Uh, specifically the most interesting and at least the most, uh, uh, thorough information that they shared that really gave the best sense of kind of what the experience is going to be is a, is, is a sample itinerary. So obviously 
This may not be what the actual final uh, itinerary is going to be, but it's an idea. And it sounds like it shifts maybe from time to time, depending on when you're there, depending on, you know, whatever the experience is set up to be, that specific time period. Um, it might be a little different, but this is the general gist of what to expect. So again, it is like a, uh, it is a two full nights and two full day experience. And there's a little bit of, of extra change on that, on that third day, you basically wake up, have breakfast, and then they send you on your way. So really it's like a two full day, two full night experience. And so uh, I'll just quickly go over. So like the, the stuff on the itinerary for that day one, yes, you know, you, you arrive at 1 PM. So again, like the first day, not even a full day we're talking about here, you arrive at the, uh, at the terminal, they kind of launch you to the star cruiser. It sounds like what this experience is, is like you kind of have like a little valet parking area that looks like a, a space kind of uh, a spaceport. You walk into it, you load onto a bus that's dressed up to look like a, you know, some kind of transport vehicle. And they've got screens similar to uh, like rise of the resistance or something like that, where you're on that transport vehicle and you launch to, the star cruiser and then once you're on that star cruiser so they have this that like hey you arrive at 115 so pretty soon after you arrive at the actual uh at the at the actual parking as you're dropped off but uh it, from that point on I'm not going to go over every single little thing here but it it sounds very reminiscent of what you would expect on like a Disney cruise for instance so there's like a ship orientation there's like a light refreshment period. Uh, and then there's like the Star Wars themed activities. So you've got like Sabacc lessons. You've got, uh, you know, Outer Rim regalia. You've got like, uh, uh, you know, so like uh, little mixers and whatnot. You've got like lightsaber training and, and, and everything like that. And then they've got these little story moments that are sprinkled in here too. So uh, one of the examples was, hey, for example, you might you know, prove your medal to join an elite smuggling ring or hide a stowaway to help the resistance. So there'll be some kind of characters that'll come interact with you and somehow trigger some kind of story moment that continues throughout your entire trip uh, on at, at the Star Wars hotel here. Uh, then, you know, you get a little bridge training, you get a little entertainment, and then your night's pretty much over at, uh, at around 9 p.m., Day two, your breakfast starts at, uh, you know, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then you get transported to Batuu. So you pretty much spend, I want to say it's like, what, five hours in uh, Star Wars land in Hollywood Studios here. So they've got like a slot reserved for Rise of the Resistance. So, hey, you don't have to get a boarding pass there. You got a slot reserved for... Smugglers Run, you've got a slot reserved for Docking Bay 7, food and cargo, and also a little story moment there. So again, you're getting these little story elements here, but again, a good chunk of your day is spent on Batuu, which I don't know, I think a lot of people have probably visited so far. Certainly if you're dropping the kind of money that we're going to talk about in a second, chances are you've been to Disney World and probably, or Disneyland and seen what Star Wars land uh, black spire outpost is all about uh so anyway then you're back at you're back at the uh at, at the galactic star cruiser by 1 p.m you have a bunch more activities uh you have you know food cocktails another story moment 
they refer to it as a spectacular finale from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m., and then day three, breakfast, 8.30 to 9.30, and then boom, 9.30 to 10. You know, you, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. They're sending you on your way. So, I mean, it, it if nothing else, sounds like a really jam-packed experience, right? Yeah. Like, they definitely have you doing, you know, thing to thing to thing to thing pretty constantly. Yeah, and I think the best, you know, the way you described it as being a cruise is the best. I mean, and they they are designing it to be a cruise, basically. It's a cruise on, on right. land, but uh, it's themed. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, it sounds, sounds pretty good. Sounds, sounds really fun. There's just a whole lot going on constantly. And certainly, you know, it's not like too much time, not a ton of time to sit and get bored. There seems to be something constantly moving. Now, the obviously, a lot of questions are still kind of floating around, some of which that aren't even in the FAQ. And by the way, the FAQ, hilarious. I, I highly recommend checking it out because there you'll find answers to questions like, am I really getting sent to space? And is there a pool on the Galactic Star Cruiser so I can swim? Hmm. If those are questions that you're curious about, that's the place to check it out. I, good stuff. They've really thought of everything there on the FAQ. Someone had a, a blast clearly <laughs> writing about that. But uh, but what we don't know is like, hey, if w something in particular doesn't sound that great, like let's say whatever, you don't want Sabak lessons or something like that, what other options do you have? Or is it like, you know, is there a lot of other options that are available to you at any point during the evening, or are you always kind of shuttled into maybe a select few things, or are you just kind of confined to your quarters until the next event? Don't know. It'll it, it it'll it'll be a really interesting thing to see how they handle a lot of that. But we do know again what is included. Uh, we've got all of these kinds of activities and whatnot. General food and beverage is included, except for alcohol and specialty specialty beverages. Um, so yeah, you, you can, you can really slam that blue shrimp as much as you want. It sounds like you do get admission to Hollywood studios, but again, only for that planetary excursion. So you have that five hours. My assumption would be like, Hey, if you want to go check out something else, if you want to wander into toy story land, go wander into toy story land, just be back <laughs> by the time that you, that you need to be yeah. there or else, uh, yeah, you're going to miss out on the rest of your trip, which would be a real shame. Um, and then you get, yeah, like, you know, valet parking, haha. Uh, you get, uh, basically a, a special magic band that they call a data band. Um, and that's everything that's included with it. So the real question on, oh, I should, I should call out too. They do list, uh, various different types of cabins. And by that, I mean, three different types of cabins. There's like a standard cabin, which sleeps four to five people, and generally, they look space-wise, these look kind of like standard size for Disney hotel rooms. The big difference is that obviously it's decorated to be like you're on a, a Galactic Star Cruiser, but you also have these cool windows that that are pretty cool. They're like LED, I believe they're like LED uh, displays that make it look like you're looking out into space. Yeah. From the images that they show, uh, at least that standard cabin one, 
not the not the not the biggest window in the in the world. So you're going to have a very small window looking out into your virtual space uh, station. There. Yeah, they. Uh, you have uh, like a. It was no, interesting that they. One of the things that they list out when they were talking about the the different cabins is that they actually list how many windows you'll have <laughs> to look out. And yeah. So like the the reg- the the standard cabin, the the lowest level cabin, you get one window. One little window. Then, uh, yeah, then you've got like a suite and you've got uh, you've got two suites. You've got a galaxy class suite and a grand captain suite. And so it's basically a little bit larger, a couple more windows, few more people that you can host. And then that uh, grand captain suite has like a couple queen beds, a couple bunk beds. And you've got like a little kitchenette area too. So anyway, a little more, a little more comfortable, but you've got a few options there. What everyone is talking about, and I and it's hard not to talk about this, <laughs> is the overall price because it is it, it is complete sticker shock, right? We we were talking about like, well, what is this experience gonna cost before we knew very much about it? I think you know, I was like some reason $2,000 sounded like it made a lot of sense to me for the overall experience. Um, maybe that was a little bit of a low ball, clearly not accurate, clearly a low ball when you look at the final price. So, uh, they give a couple of options. And again, this is like very tentatively priced stuff, but two guests per cabin per night, $1,209 or, Four thousand eight hundred and nine dollars. So that is per guest, per night, or for the voyage total, four thousand eight hundred and nine dollars. You can uh, go up a little bit. Three guests, which is uh, which they're listing as two adults, one child, eight hundred eighty nine dollars per uh, per guest per night. So that brings your total to five thousand two hundred ninety nine. Or you can just go all out, and again. They say per cabin, so I'm guessing this is for the lowest tier cabin. That That's my assumption here, or else they would say sweet. So this is for your lowest tier cabin. Four guests per cabin, three adults, one child is what they're assuming here. $749 per guest per night or $5,999. The other important piece of information that they list out, very tiny print in the lower left corner here. These are for voyages departing uh, on most week nights. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like weeknight nights, not weekend yeah. nights. Uh, so you know it's going to go up yeah. there too. So ouch, that's spicy, just for fun. I did a little research and was like, for that price, for that $4,809 price, what else could I get? <laughs> what other kind of vacation can I have for that two nights? And again, obviously, it is. it sounds like an incredible experience. That needs to be said. But for that same price, I could get five nights at the Grand Floridian with a five-day park ticket. I could get six nights at the Grand Californian with a five-day park, naked, uh, park, park ticket. Or I could go on an eight-night Eastern Caribbean cruise on the Disney Cruise Line for that same price. And it is worth mentioning. That's like that's like two days, right? So three, three kind of. 
But like, are you going to the Disney parks after that? Is any of that vacation, including the Disney parks? Because then it start then your then your vacation starts ballooning, man. Whoa, that's really expensive trip then. Yeah, but I think if you can afford to go for the two nights, you can probably afford to go to the other parks afterwards. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. You're talking about like a ten grand trip, man, and maybe that makes sense, you know? Or or really, this is, I mean, a lot of these changes. We're going to talk about more of them later, too, especially when we get to the big story of the week. But uh, but a lot of these changes, and this is, this is kind of a similar thing we were talking about with the Magic Key system, a lot of these changes really are seeming to be driving the kind of guest type that a lot of these experiences are going for to not be the regular kind of guest and be more of the occasional if not rare guest that when they do go because they go so rarely they want to go big right like this kind of trip at the at the star cruiser is like a once in a lifetime kind of trip that they're marketing and maybe that makes sense then right like once in a lifetime you can justify five thousand (laughs) dollars for two nights at the star wars hotel it's like a honeymoon trip right yeah it's definitely cost more than my honeymoon cost. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and again, like, right, this is like you're going all out, man. This is like you're 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 just balls to the wall at this point. So crazy. I I mean, am I nuts to think this is like uh? It's hard to say if it's like too expensive, but it does kind of. My initial reaction was this is too expensive. Was that your initial reaction as well? Um, I definitely thought it was expensive, but, you know, one of the things, well, the things that came to mind when I saw that was that I wonder how long, how long this, I mean, initially, I'm sure it's going to get like super booked up. It's, it's going to yeah. book up super yeah. low capacity. Right? Well, I think it's going to like, you know, it'll be like booked up when it first opens, but I wonder like in the long run, how will this, how long will this be able to, like, how are they going to be able to maintain this at these prices? Like, uh, you know, mm. how are they going to maintain interest in the long run at these prices? Because, you know, the, usually you get the people who are like super fans and super excited and have money are going to jump on board this. But as, you know, as you get those people like, filter through you because it's so pricey you aren't going to get as many people who like who definitely like going to disneyland and to to a disney park but a lot of people just can't fathom paying that price because as you said like you know even if you think of the the price even the lowest price for two people for two people for that price you know two people can get like a uh a magic key for a year and go to the park and still have money for multiple visits during that year right you know and and yep. good visits so it's like you know are people gonna you know want to spend that much for such a a short trip or use that money for you know a lot of trips or 
or longer trips or whatnot. And, and I, I don't know how sustainable that it's going to be for that price. So I don't know. It's, yeah. It's oh, totally. interesting. Like I want to wonder like how that those numbers are going to be in the long run. Um, yeah. And the pricing of that. Plus you're going to, you know, those people who visit the first time are probably, you know, going to be more, you know, wealthy individuals. So they may want to make another trip, but then how are you going to keep it fresh for later right. trips as well? So I, I don't know. There's right. a lot of, it's like two questions. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's very pricey. It was funny because one of the things that actually came up, uh, I saw like, you know, some of the people I know and friends and uh, people I work with was that I guess they mentioned like being able to dress up in costume while you're on your trip. Right. And then, <laughs> then mm-hmm. people were like, well, do they prov- provide you with a costume? And no. They don't, but it's like at that price, maybe they should. <laughs> yeah, maybe they yeah, should, right. but uh, I'm pretty sure they don't. And I, I'm pretty sure they said something like they don't. And I wouldn't think they would, anyways. They, they just say you can dress up in costume. So, and they showed a lot of pictures of people dressed in costume, which I'm sure a lot of those first people who go and later on will have their own costumes so yeah well it's like it's just like what you're saying there's like two quite there's two questions there right it's question one is uh kind of how big is that pool of people that that are gonna go because you're right like it it is so expensive it's it's a much smaller pool of people but then two like what's disney's plan to once that pool is once they worked through that pool, <laughs> everyone that's interested from that from that pool of people that can afford it or are interested in spending that kind of money, once they've gone, what's Disney going to do to bring them back or start appealing to people that you know maybe are kind of on the fence but feel like it's too expensive? Uh, maybe maybe they opt to just change things up a bit. Like surely that's in the plan, right? Like that's just that's the way that. Smuggler's Run is was kind of billed as, and so many of these experiences at Disney is is kind of being built around now, where it is a little bit more modular, right? Like you could have different planets that you're kind of circling, or something like that, or different visitors on the ship, or different story moments. Like it's, there's a lot that you can do there, but uh, but is it going to be enough to justify another return trip for that price? I don't know. I don't know. I. I I'm super interested in uh, reading those trip reports, though, for that first group that's there and, and coughs up that money. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. Like, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure they would do stuff like for like, you know, I can imagine they'll do their like, you know, Wookiee Life Day celebration or something like maybe at yeah. some point so they can roll in like holiday type trip themes and whatnot i would imagine that's maybe the plan for the future at least maybe not for the start but maybe for the future to keep things uh lively but it's just still i you know the the thing that keeps going over in my head is that you know when you look at stuff like this i think of like the article where they're talking about like people who you know that how disney is trying to targeting like kind of like a a wealthier like you know, like guests to bring them in to Disney, 
but it's they're generally not the ones who are interested in going to Disney. It's usually lower income uh, people are more interested in in Disney experiences. So it's it seems kind of a little bit counterintuitive, but I think they're trying to branch out and see if if Star Wars will bring those people in. But we'll see. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's a spicy meatball, yeah. man. But uh, <laughs> but speaking of just like other upcharges that are being done too, or price increases. So the other the other announcement, smaller but also significant announcement this last uh, last uh, period was that Disney World has finally announced their holiday party plan. So usually they have this uh, very merry Christmas party. That's that's kind of a bigger event. There's parades. It is a special ticketed kind of uh, of a thing, but it's like multiple, multiple hours. Um, they've announced that that is not returning, but that instead it's getting the after hours treatment much in the same way that uh, happened with Halloween. It's getting the after hours of treat, uh, treatment and is now being called the Disney Very Merriest After Hours that's just what it's called. It's a very strange name. Disney Very Marius After Hours. And I don't like it. I don't like it. It doesn't sound right, but that's what it they're calling it. definitely does not roll off the tongue. Uh, <laughs> that's why that's why they get paid the big bucks, Henry. Uh and and so yeah, it's it's getting that same after hours treatment like I said for Halloween. It's it they're doing the exact same kind of a thing. So again, it's it's now a much smaller four-hour event. You're going to have characters and costumes. You're going to have shorter ride lines. You're going to have complimentary snacks. Uh, you are going to have a fireworks show, which which is uh, more than, again, they they have it, uh, the after-hours boo-bash plan. Uh, and then they're going to have a parade. This is going to be the first kind of parade since reopening. So that's a big deal. So again, like a few additional things with the uh with the christmas after hours that we are not getting with the boo bash it's actually going on right now it actually already mm -hmm. started uh but you're going to be paying for it because it's it's also uh, a bit of a price increase here so right now the 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 range listed is $169 to $249 per person and again you're paying a little bit extra than you were for the after hours boo bash. That price range was 129 to 199. So anywhere from what is that? Uh that's like what? 40 to oh god, I can't think right now. 40 to 50 dollar price increase. So there we go, man. That's another after hours event that you're getting less and paying more for. Yeah. To be expected, though, honestly. Yeah, well, right? I think they're, I, I think right now it feels like they're basically right now, this is what we should come to expect at least. Uh, they're going to give you more, uh, give you less and make you pay more for it. Um, I have seen some, uh, some uh, video of the, the new uh, Halloween after hours, and they're basically, from what I've heard, still it's not worth it is what they say but i think it's yeah. it's one of those things where like it's not worth it compared to like what we used to get but 
I don't know if we're ever going to, at this point, I would imagine we're not going to get that again. Like this is, this is, I mean, certainly not if they're getting enough people to pay these prices for what they're giving. Right. Like if it certainly seems like they were satisfied enough with the boobash after hours sales to do the exact same thing with the Christmas after hours party. So something's working in their mind. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where like you, you hate to like pay for this, but it's kind of like, well, this is the only game in town. So it's like, you know, you kind of feel like, well, if I, I have to pay that, but I don't know, like at what point they'll hit that end uh, at least with uh, Disney World, it it, it kind of makes sense because, like you said, a lot of people who go on these trips, me included, we don't go to Disney World all the time. So, you know, we're saving up money. And so we go a bit more big when we go on vacation. So we have a little bit more money to spend for this, you know, but still... Um, I, I definitely think right now looking at this and seeing what happened is that they're not going to go back to what was before. They may add some stuff onto these experiences, but I don't think we're going to see like the, you know, the parties that they had before. I think if you want those, you're going to have to go to Disneyland. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, hmm. the Oogie Boogie's, the bash is still going on like it was before. Um, well, to be clear, we don't know that it's going on like it well, was before. We know that a, a, an event called Oogie Boogie Bash is happening. I think we assume that it's the same one. Yeah. It may not be. Well, we hope it well, is. Well, I imagine, I mean, the only thing I think I would question that they may not do would be the parade portion of it uh but from what i've seen of the after hours they still had the trick-or-treat trails um in that and they have you know they had the food free food the ice cream popcorn and sodas so it sounds like that's maybe the the after hours halloween may be better than the (laughs) <laughs> than the holidays one because you get the trick-or-treat trails still so you can get all the candy you want true. pretty much that is true. Uh, so you're getting that which i don't think you're going to get with uh the holiday event unless they're adding something in as far as like food wise you know they're going to give you but uh i don't know i mean it seems like you're going to get at least some candy out of it you know always load up with enough candy that I can give a good portion of it out for uh, uh, Halloween. If I so choose to, I usually take it over to some, uh, to my friend's house to get <laughs> yeah. out. Double value, baby. That's a way to offset that extra cost. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see if this is the new norm or if I almost feel like what would make sense I hope they don't give them any ideas here, Henry, but I almost feel like what would make sense would be keep these after hours for as long as they're able to sell out and as long as they have interest in going for uh, people going to them and paying that extra money for it. And then as soon as those sales start to drop off, they go, oh, hey, we're bringing back uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. We're bringing it back this year. 
and there's going to be an upcharge for it. <laughs> so now you're going to be paying more than even the after hours thing was, right? And it feels like, oh, I'm paying more, but I'm getting so much more from after hours. And it's like, well, right, because we had given you less for after hours. It's like they're primed for a, a pretty effective bait and switch that I think a lot of people certainly would pay even more for that uh, if it was kind of a return to what they remember being so great that they miss. It's like, that's like the prime Disney uh, uh, vice grip, right? Is like, Hey, we're cashing in on your nostalgia now. Come on, come and get it. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. That's something that potentially could happen. I guess at least in the, in the long run, if it does happen, at least you'll get more. But yeah, you'll you'll yeah. <laughs> it'll be a way of justifying True. charging you for more. So yeah, they basically <laughs> get you used to being like frustrated with getting less and and paying a lot for less, and then they'll give you a little more and then charge you more for it. So it is basically yeah, you, right. you're you're happy to pay that extra more to get a more of an experience, but is it it probably won't at that point be like it'll wind up being you're still paying more it's not going to be a value what you're getting it it's it's just you're <laughs> no. you're paying more you know so but, there you uh, go yeah a couple of extra bags that chapik attaches to the uh, vacuum yeah. cleaner there so no i could totally see that happening for sure so are you looking <laughs> into the future oh, no. do you have a crystal ball Oh, like I said, don't uh, don't give anybody over there any <laughs> ideas. Um, well, but spe so speaking of just money bags and uh, and just sticker shock and just pain for pay uh, pain for playing. Oh my God, let me try that again. Pain for paying more. The real big story that, that is like hot off the presses just came out today. We're recording this on Wednesday. Is uh, is that paid fast pass? What we've all been worrying about, what we've all been predicting, what we've all been discussing, it will. It's confirmed at this point that it will be landing this fall at both Disneyland and Disney World in the form of Disney Genie. Now, what is Disney Genie? You ask. Great question. We learned about. Disney Genie, first in 2019. And it was described at that point as a digital itinerary builder to help guests plan around an upcoming or in-progress trip. It sounded like a really interesting idea, especially for those people that maybe aren't as familiar with planning for, preparing for a huge Disney trip, whether that be Disneyland, Disney World. A lot goes into it, a lot of planning, a lot of prep. Some of it has to be done like 60 days in advance, or at least it did. Some of it could be done day of, but you just needed to be in the zone or else it was very easy to be left in the dust. And this sounded like, well, maybe this could be a solution for maybe people that are not as plugged in as people like you and I are, Henry. Um, but today... We learned that Disney Genie is that. That's still a thing that's incorporated into it. But there are also quite a few premium features nested in there as well. And so 
it's kind of a hard thing to break down Disney Genie because there's a lot to it. It sounds right off the bat. It sounds extremely bloated, but I'm going to do my best to to kind of break down at least what the service is described as or how it was described today. And so it's basically an update and it's a rebrand for a few different services and it organizes all of these services into two different tiers. So there's the free tier of Disney Genie and, and that includes, like we said, that new personalized itinerary and tip feature. Sounds interesting. I, I probably wouldn't get much use out of it, but always willing to try. And then it also bundles in and folds in, I should say, a lot of these other classic features. So your estimated wait times, your virtual queues, your mobile orders, your restaurant reservation management, that's all folded into free Disney Genie. Now, that's only part of the equation. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the less painful side of the Disney Genie. The uh, there's also a paid tier of Disney Genie, and that kind of breaks down into two different areas as well. So there is Disney Genie Plus, and then there are individual attractions. This, by the way, is where FastPass now lives. Oh. Did I say FastPass? Because what I meant to say is Lightning Lane, because <laughs> that's what FastPass has been rebranded as. <laughs> Which, I don't know, man. Like I said, this is why they get paid the big, big bucks. Uh, Lightning Lane. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm a big fan of that, but maybe if I say it a few hundred thousand times, I'll just forget about how much um, I just completely dislike that name. Lightning Lane. It sounds... Not as great as Fast Pass. Fast Pass, easy, utilitarian, makes complete sense. Lightning Lane, I don't know, man. Not a fan. Well, it's it, not well, a fan. I think they just had to go with something that was. They're definitely trying to rebrand it, so they're giving it like a completely different name. Uh, so you you yeah. understand it's not something that's going to be free. They couldn't call it Fast Pass because then people are just going to gripe about having to pay for Fast Pass. Um, that's so right. I think people are going to gripe about having to pay for Lightning Lane as well. I think we're just going to like break down and it's going to be, become the lane. Get in the lane. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll have to see on that but that's right but yeah it definitely is not a great name um change all those signs <laughs> yeah exactly man uh, but just like you were saying right so fast pass is no longer free that as a service the free fast pass service anyway that is dead no more if you want to utilize lightning lane you're paying there's no more 60 days out. You can book your fast passes or 30 days out. You can book your fast passes or you could walk up to a fast pass machine on the day of grab your paper ticket. That is no more. And then so also under and really what the, the core of, I should say, Genie Plus is uh is we've got max pass oops did i say max pass i meant to say lightning lane for multiple experiences 
See where I'm going here. Lightning lane does not sound, that does not sound good. Lightning lane for multiple experiences. I don't like that. Yeah. It retains that $20 add-on fee at Disneyland. It's as exactly what it was right before the closures. $20. It is going for $15 for Disney World. It's also the first time that Disney World has had this kind of max pass-like feature. Previously, they were on Fast Pass Plus. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second because that's a, it's a it's a it's a significant change for sure. But yeah, five dollars less for Disney World. That's an interesting one, Henry. What do you think? What do you think's going on well, there? Uh, well, I think they. I mean, they basically it's just rebranded Max Pass because the Disneyland version is going to have the Photo Pass with it again. Ah yes, so, but the but the good one uh, Walt Disney World version is not going to have that. You still because they had the actual like photo pass you can buy separately. So um, I mean that's that's a nice thing for at least for uh, if you're going to Disneyland and you're getting uh, the Disney the Genie Plus, <laughs> you get the uh, you get the photo. Pass. Get used to it. That's true, but Henry, Disney World does get augmented reality lenses for your pictures that will be taken. Okay. <laughs> exactly. All right. Moving <laughs> along. Uh, so the interesting thing here, too, so generally, guests that have, have pre-purchased Genie Plus, they'll be able to book their first attraction at 7 a.m., so Disney is sticking with this 7 a.m. time that they've been utilizing for this kind of first virtual boarding group <laughs> sessions. It's been working out, I guess, for that. Uh, it makes sense because you can book it before you're even at the park, so you'll know exactly when you absolutely need to show up. But anyway, you could start booking under that lightning lane, that Genie Plus with the lightning lane for multiple experiences. Start that at 7 a.m. Uh, now, the interesting thing here, because that all sounds pretty good, especially if you are a Disneyland person, it sounds like this is just Max Pass, but with a different name. And it kind of is, except it does not include every single ride that used to be included on Max Pass and that also was, was part of the Fast Pass system. Previously, you just had access to everything. If it has Fast Pass, you can use Max Pass for it. Not the case here. This is where Lightning Lane for individual attractions comes in, Henry. So we have individually priced, quote, highly demanded attractions. The examples that Disney include are Seven Dwarves Mine Train and Radiator Springs Racers. Now, interestingly enough, too, the, uh, the Disney Parks Experiences and Products Chairman, Josh DeMauro, he also made a reference about Rise of the Resistance being included in this individual ride lightning lane system. And he mentioned it as if it were a fallback for if you missed a virtual cube spot. If you're somebody that either just isn't on it <laughs> and isn't able to get a virtual queue thing and just wasn't aware of it or doesn't even want to bother trying to grab a random virtual queue spot at 7 a.m. or noon, you just pay for it. 
that's an option. That'll be an option for Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> it does. Yeah, no, it, it it's a great option to have, honestly. I mean, I shouldn't say specifically this is, but it is great that they are giving people that are interested in riding these rides another option outside of just like, just buckle up. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed and buckle up. It takes the, a little bit of the stress out of it. We talked about this previously, and I mean, this is this is almost identical to what was in Shanghai when we were talking about this uh, and Shanghai's system. And I know when visiting Shanghai, just knowing that I had that option, if I needed it, I had the option to purchase fast passes for certain rides. That made me feel a little bit better. Okay, so no matter what, even if I have to pay for it, I'm going to ride the rides that I want to ride. So who knows the next time I'm going to be here? Made a lot of sense in that situation, and maybe it makes sense in this situation, too. You're right. Totally. Uh, interesting thing here as well. So Disney World Resort guests, if you're staying on site, you're going to be able to book your individual Lightning Lane attractions at 7 a.m. And if you're not staying on site, you're going to have to wait until you're actually physically in the park to be able to book. So gives you a little bit of a jump start. That jump start, though, does not exist for just normal Genie Plus users. That Henry Hall is the new Disney Genie, a.k.a. paid fast pass system. It's a lot of details for sure, and I feel the same way kind of that I, I felt with the magic key system where going through all of the details and it's kind of like, you know, it's not terribly different, but of course, like the devil is in the details, yeah. right? <laughs> there's a lot of little things that have the potential. Well, a, I think there's some things in here that are, that, that freak me out a little bit, but also that, that have the potential to just be enough of a kind of, uh, of a detractor that makes for, a disappointing experience. I don't know if you felt the same way. Well, I mean, it, if you look at it, like, you know, we were worried about this coming over here because they were running that individual, like fast pass system in Paris. And they did, they did right. wind up bringing it to us, but in a way it seems like they found a way to upcharge it even more. Um, because I imagine with the, uh, I think with the Paris system, you're only paying for the individual ride, but for the Disney, uh, the Genie Plus system, I believe you have to have, you have to pay for the Genie Plus for the for the day for each ticket. But then on top of that, if you wanted to go on those rides, like. Radiator Springs, then you have to pay again for that ride. Right. So, you know, yep. potentially like that ride became what, like if it's $20 at Disneyland and then I don't know what the cost, I don't think they said the cost of per ride would be, but, uh, you know. It, Good point. It, it changes depending on how many people are in the park, 
what the overall interest is and what the overall standby is. So on some days, it might not be that expensive. On busy days, expect to shell out. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you're talking about, like, if it was, like, $10 and you bought, like, you know, the the Disney, uh, the Genie Plus system, uh, Genie Plus, but then on top of that, you have to pay the $10. That means that ticket... That to ride that ride, it actually costs you thirty dollars to ride. Uh, so right, um, times however many people you have yes. in your group, right? And uh, <laughs> it's definitely like it's become it is a it has become a a, a sore point because uh, even some of our own friends, had, you know, this became like we're chatting this up and you know one of them basically pointed out like i am not paying 80 dollars a day to take my family and use this system uh you know but i think uh it's one of those things like you said before in that it's it's an option for you to take to have if you're especially like particularly if you're you don't go like uh to Disneyland to a Disney park very often and you're going that one day you want to make sure you ride those rides and it's a way you can make sure you ride that ride you know so i mean yeah yeah, yeah. go ahead it's no, no, go ahead. it's pricey for sure they they definitely have have you know they they've taken this opportunity I hate to say it of the pandemic to find ways to, to charge people more. This was a convenient time to shut down and change things over. And and now we're seeing those, you know, these changes coming through. Um, so. Yeah, it definitely feels accelerated yeah. <laughs> more than anything else. Like certainly I have no doubt that things like, uh, changing over the Disneyland annual pass to magic key, uh, and, uh, you know, a, this, this Disney genie system. I mean, clearly some aspect of it was in the plan, but paid fast pass. I'm sure that was something that was in the plan or at least in a plan. Um, and then having the parks closed both made it so that like, whoa, you have a new CEO that needs to do a, a quick turnaround in terms of creating, uh, you know, financial return for investors. Um, uh, and as he was quoted as saying like, Hey, a lot of these changes that were coming, I think specifically he was talking about the Disneyland annual pass, uh, you know, program, but you know, he had said like, Hey, a lot of these changes that are going to be made are going to be made in a way that's going to benefit you as investors. And certainly that's what a lot of these changes have been reflecting a lot of the, the, after hours events and price increases and whatnot, like certainly that's going to generate a lot of very quick revenue um, that, you know, he'll be able to hold up. I think it all, there's still a lot of questions that come into play too, right? Because it's like just a big determining factor for me just to see like how badly is this going to hurt? Like, um, it, the big question for me is like, well, when Disneyland and Disney World are fully staffed, because it sounds like they're not fully staffed right now, but when they're fully staffed and capacity is at whatever 100% uh, 
is for the new capacity with the reservation system in place. Who knows what that's going to be or if that's a static number or if that's going to change depending on the day of the week or the season or whatever their whatever their new capacity plan is, is in place. Um, and, you know, ooh, those reservations start flowing and we get a better sense of like, well, how crowded or open does the park feel in this kind of new post-COVID, post-closure, who knows if we'll ever be post-COVID at this point, but uh, at the at this new kind of opening <laughs> plan, right? New capacity plan. Like, what is that going to feel like? And if the parks feel super slammed still, this new paid fast pass system is going to suck, right? It's going to suck real hard because then you are talking about, well, okay, like I paid Disney Genie to get some of the rides done, but then like, do I want to pay $10 for Radiator Springs or do I want to wait the two hours that it's going to be to wait in that line, right? In that standby. Um, it's going to be the same case for Disney, Disney World especially. I mean, where, you know, during, again, like just looking at pre-closure, pre-pandemic, Things like Flight of Passage could easily get to like three hours long. Uh, and so like if you don't have a fast pass for that, uh, that, that can be a rough kind of a wait, especially for those more popular rides. And certainly without that, you're going to have some, some long standby lines. And I know that there's always this discussion of like, well, how much did fast pass help and hurt standby numbers? Yada yada yada. Who knows that 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 that's an interesting question. I don't have the answer yeah. to that. But uh, but like I said, if the if the parks are not super slammed and not super full, and maybe the idea of like waiting, the, the idea of like um, you know a standby line for something like Radiator Springs isn't painful. It might not be the biggest deal in the world, or at least more often than not, it's not painful. And it might not be the biggest deal in the world. Uh, the other question that came to mind was like, okay, so now if you're offering people the opportunity to just pay to get on these virtual queue rides like Rise or, um, you know, Web Slingers or Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway when that comes out, if you can just pay to skip that line. Does that basically mean that there are less virtual queue spots available in the day? Probably, right? Like that's certainly going to hurt the virtual queue. Because let's say if before they could fit in 250 people, I would have to imagine that they're going to have to carve out a certain number of slots of that 250 to just be available to people that want to pay to get on it. I don't know how much that's going to be, 50 I don't know, but regardless, that means that that would be 50 less people that can use the virtual queue system and not pay to get on that yeah. ride, right? I mean, it's, you know, that's a bummer. You know, there's that, but then, you know, you think about like, you know, when I was, I just wonder how they're going to handle, like, I imagine it's going to be like, a, oh, well, I mean, you just missed out. But what, like, when I, went to ride uh you know web slingers it was down most of the day what happens if you pay for uh genie plus and you get your you pay extra to get that uh that uh lightning lane onto radiator springs or 
web slingers or whatever. And it's broke down. It breaks no. down before you get on and it doesn't come up before you're before the end of the day. So you never get a chance to actually ride it. They're not going to probably give you your money back on that. It, so, you know, this, one would hope that yeah, they that'd be rough. Dang, man. One would hope at least <laughs> get better. you maybe the, the cost for that individual ride. Uh, you're not going to probably yeah. get the, the genie plus, you know, cost back, but maybe for that ride. No, no. Yeah. I just wonder what that's going to be like. It, it seems like they're setting themselves up for having some headaches from it, but I imagine they'll probably just give me money back for it, but I don't know. Like you said, it, like the, they keep adding the, they bring back these new systems and there's a lot of like under, you know, you know, differences like in like the fine print, which makes it like a little more complicated and trickier to navigate than before. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, as we all know, uh, you know, the, the, the Disney apps and servers all work flawlessly <laughs> all, at all times. I'm sure everything will, will go very smoothly there too. Uh, the, the other thing I was kind of surprised about too, and I'm curious about, is one of the things they didn't talk about is uh, they didn't talk about any kind of option for annual pass holders and or magic key holders. So does that mean that that's not going to be an option for them? Or I mean, magic keys haven't they don't they haven't gone on sale yet, so I guess still technically there is time had that option but one would think that if that was in the mix that that would be discussed as part of this so does that mean that like key holders are paying like everyone else even if you're paying for a top tier key i'm thinking yes you're paying because i think if that that was something that you know i was wondering if they were gonna like sweeten the deal of that that top tier by adding in something for like the genie plus uh as a incentive to get the top tier but i think it it also makes sense that they can make more money by not adding that in because you're just like hey now you just gotta you're just like everybody else you just gotta pay it yeah totally it's basically at this point uh um the answer to the question of will they charge fill in the blank? The answer is always yeah. yes, right? Like, yeah, you're, you're getting charged. You're getting charged full price, at least for now. Like, they're not cutting you any yeah. deals. Um, but yeah, and who, I mean, they haven't talked about, they haven't resumed sales of annual passes at Disney World yet. It sounds like it is happening before October 1st. Is that going to be a new system? Is it going to be the old system? Don't know. Will be interesting to see if that's the case. Will that be a part of it? Probably not. Certainly, if it's not going to be a magic key option, it's not going to be an annual pass option at Disney World. Uh, the other thing I found kind of surprising, too, is, uh, man, so now with basically FastPass Plus being dead at Disney World, it kills like one of the major perks of staying on site, which is that you basically had 60 days before your arrival to book 
your fast pass pluses, your fast passes for whatever it was, like three fast passes per day. One tier A, you know, the rest of anything not tier A basically rides. But you used to be able to get a little bit of a jump on that because normal uh, people that weren't staying on site could only book 30 days in advance. And that was like a major perk, yeah. right? Um, that's no longer the case. Like that's completely gone. The only kind of perk left is this like, hey, if you're purchasing individual lightning lanes, you can get a couple of hours of a, of a jump on people. But uh, but it really is like, wow. So between that and now we have Magical Express ending at the end of the year too, like those are two major perks for staying on site that are now going away. That's uh, That has to, I have to imagine there's going to be a lot of people that are going to look at that and go like, oh man, why am I staying on site then? Yeah, I think it's going to be a boon for those uh hotels like uh that that are just oh, yeah. like close enough to be kind of like you might think that they're on site but they're not technically on site like well now that you know there's not these per- we don't have these perks of from staying at these hotels well we'll just stay at at these other ones but i i think this also yeah. goes you know, to the point where they like, well, you know, this, these were perks and they were really nice, but I'm pretty sure that people are still going to stay here regardless whether we offer this or not. We just are going to save us some money from not offering these things. So. Yeah. But for totally. sure it does it, you know, one of the reasons for this trip that, you know, I wanted to stay on site was because of the uh, magical express that was that was one of those perks that I said, okay, yeah, that's you know, that makes sense to stay on site for that, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. No, I hear you. It's like uh, you know, just even looking at so uh, the company that was running Magic Express, Magical Express, I think it's called Mirrors. They just uh, announced what. Because they're, they're going to basically just completely take over that system starting next year, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a charge uh, uh, a transportation. So it'll be fifteen dollars each way for an adult, thirteen fifty for kids. So again, it's just you know it's not like outrageously expensive, but it's just more money being tacked on, uh, you know, to your whole trip. Which you know it's just it's a lot of little charges that all of a sudden are coming in. Uh, that are definitely going to add up. But uh, I think one of the most interesting things I'm curious about, and it affects us less because we're Disneyland people. Uh, and so we're the idea of like a max pass, the idea of booking fast pass same day is like what we're used to. That's just our kind of norm. But that is like a completely different way of handling business. If you are a Disney world goer, right? Like, like we were talking about previously, so much of that system was advanced planning, right? Either 60 days in advance, you had three fast passes for each day of your trip or, you know, 30 days in advance, you had three fast passes for each day of your trip. And then maybe you could get a couple of additional fast pass availability slots on day of, if you were really active about it, but you still had that advanced kind of 
of of purchase, so or, you know, advanced uh, a plan in place. So I know that you know previously when I had selected all of my FastPass pluses, it was like cool. I know that I've got Mickey and Minnie's locked in for a certain amount of time. I know that I've got Flight of Passage locked in for a certain time. It wasn't have to. It didn't have to be like man, I'm gonna have to wait in line, or I'm gonna have to rope drop, or I'm gonna have to hit this right when you know the parks are getting ready to close. And so now all of a sudden, people that are used to this advanced planning are now going to have to approach their park days purely from a day of perspective. I mean, it's a pretty substantial shift when you think about operating the the, the change of fast pass. Yeah. Right? Plus, I mean, you got to think of too, that one of the reasons you do something like that is because a trip to Disney world is, is a lot more of an undertaking than a trip to Disneyland and, and uh, DCA because you got the four different theme parks right there. So it's, it's a lot more to have to like plan for. So as much as, as much of the planning you can do ahead of time, lets you enjoy your trip more but now people are definitely going to have to be more on the ball when they uh when they're like doing planning for their trips now so yes it is a substantial change to people who were avid uh disney world uh goers so well and it's like if nothing else it puts a little bit of extra pressure on you maybe to make that purchase for Genie Plus. Maybe to make that purchase for a couple of individual lightning lanes, right? Because you're like, man, now I am stressed that the things I want to do are not going to get locked in today. Maybe I do just want to wake up at 7 a.m. and plop down, you know, 50 bucks here, 50 bucks there to lock in a couple of my big rides through the day and give me a little of that peace of mind that I used to have with fast pass plus. Yeah. But I don't know. Like if you think about it, you know, I think when I think of like also people using this system, I think if you're an avid Walt Disney world fan, um, yeah, you may use it, but you may also, they may also opt out of you buying into the system just because they probably make multiple trips to the park so they don't necessarily have to ride that ride um it definitely still feels like this is something for people who are making the trip not so often and so they have to like you want to make sure that you're on that ride you know that day because it's it's a one and done day it's not like you're gonna get to come back the next day or even like a month from now, you're not going to make another trip. It's not going to, you know, you may not know if you're ever going to make that trip again. Um, That's definitely true. I do think a lot of groups though do fall into like annual visitors and that's almost like, that's a little more squishy, right? Cause then you are like, I'm not here next month. I'm here next year. And maybe it falls into like that tradition of like yeah this is the thing i look forward to doing no i I mean that would be my next thing is that uh, unless of course you were somebody who just always have has to ride that one ride i mean to be fair it was when when my last trip to dca two days at dca and i didn't ride radio springs once and that is weird for me because usually 
usually we, you know, that was the start of our day was I go get uh, fast passes for, for uh, Radiator Springs and then get coffee. And I made sure that I always rode Radiator Springs once each day, you know, we were visiting, uh, but you know, this time didn't ride it even once and it felt weird. But, uh, so mm. I can, I can hear, man, you're still a little, yeah, up, no, but. I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm still not happy about it. it is. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be. I'm not, I'm not happy hearing about so, it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yes, I think people, you know, outside of other, just, you know, big time going, but I think, yeah, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who, who buy into it just because of nostalgia purposes. Um, so Yeah. I mean, it's it's a big change for sure. Well, here it is, Henry. Here's the real question. This is what this all leads up to, really, which is just, hey, we're going in October. Are you and Lori going to be purchasing Genie Plus? Um, I don't know. $150 for the two of you. I don't know. I've, I've, I've been thinking about it, you know, all day and it's there's a good possibility we may uh pay into it because most of the time when we're at the parks we're only there for one day um that being said uh for magic kingdom we will be there for the after hours halloween uh event so we may be able to knock out those rides that we would have to pay for um, then. So I don't know. It's, it's something that will be on my mind for sure. Um, but uh, you know, I will, I am considering it. I actually have been wondering what those tips look like that come in the regular genie service. Like, are they actually going to be useful tips or are they going to be tips like, no. Hey, it's cold outside. No. And I bet you look awfully good in a Disney hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that would even be better than what you're probably going to get. I mean, I mean, yeah, I've, who knows? It's a fair point. Who knows what that's going to be? It's, I have a feeling it's going to, it's going to be pretty generic. I know they say that they're personalized, but. Maybe at best, like what you can hope for is like, hey, forecast shows that it's looking like it might rain. You might want to bring a umbrella or something like that. And you're like, oh, okay. Saves me a oh, no, no, weather no. app. It's going to be cool. like, it looks like rain today. You can buy a Disney umbrella from here and here and here and here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would be expecting. Hey, it's awfully, uh, it's, it's getting between 12 o'clock. Have you eaten yet? Try mobile order. You can order something via mobile order. <laughs> you look. You must be awfully parched right about now. Why don't you buy a, a drink from here? You know, <laughs> it's just a budget. Like the tips are just ads <laughs> trying to sell you on stuff. Yeah. Because um, I mean, that's one of those. Yeah. You know, and then of course the the like little bit of part of me that is like conspiracy theorist is that it's totally like you know it's supposed to be kind of like it gives you itinerary 
in that itinerary, it's totally steer. Is it totally just going to steer you to whatever Disney really wants you to be in? And I think that's that's the whole oh. idea of it. Like you know, they're tracking you, <laughs> and the whole time you're using this system, they're tracking yeah. you. They're tracking what you're buying, tracking what you're eating. So they get all this data. Like it, this is a conspiracy theorist nightmare come true. <laughs> All right, Henry, I, 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 you freaked me out, man. I'm I'm legitimately shook right now. <laughs> that just about does it for today. <laughs> Remember, you can catch the Great Park Op each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast. So don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 58 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Until then, stay healthy, everybody. Henry, you take care, big guy. You too. Stay healthy, everybody. And you think they're really tracking? They're definitely tracking us. Bye, everybody. <laughs>